And we're back. Welcome to Drupal Easy Podcast 193. Coincidentally, that's the house number that I grew up with as a young lad in the state of Connecticut. Um, let me get out of that rabbit hole that I immediately fell into. Uh, so welcome back to the Drupal Easy Podcast. We have been gone for a couple of months. Um, podcast number 192 was back in March. Um, we did do a few things around um, uh, DrupalCon Baltimore. Um, so you haven't been completely without DrupalEasy podcast, but we haven't had an official numbered podcast in a while. Um, and that's for you know a few different reasons, which I'm, I'm going to talk about briefly here. Um, number one is uh, my schedule has been absolutely bonkers. <laughs> um, I actually just finished... Um, teaching yet another session of our 12-week Drupal Career Online program. Um, and simultaneously, I've been uh, teaching a six-week um, uh, Drupal Easy plus Pantheon class as well, which you're going to hear more about in future episodes of the podcast. Um, so those two combined with a bunch of client work has just kept my schedule um, pretty crazy busy. So apologies for that. Um the other reason that we haven't done podcasts um, or official podcasts in a while, um, as some of you may know, I am a member of the Drupal Community Working Group, and we've had um, um, you know a situation going on in the Drupal community um, for the past couple months involving uh, Larry Garfield, and uh, the Drupal Community Working Group has been involved in that issue, and I kind of felt that I didn't. I wasn't comfortable doing a podcast and ignoring that subject. Um, and I wasn't comfortable doing a podcast and talking about that subject either. So we were kind of in this no man's land where we weren't really sure how to handle things. Um, I still am I'm not comfortable, you know, talking about it. Um, I, I hopefully will be in, in, in the future. And then we can kind of have a podcast where we, dive down into things uh, as much as I can. Um, but we do have an opportunity um, to, you know, touch on the subject or, or kind of a, a, a follow-on to some of the things that that situation has, has exposed in our community um, that I, I feel are, it's kind of like the silver lining. Um, some things have happened and we've had to, um, you know, kind of, kind of deal with them as a community and, you know, uh, very high emotions in some cases. And, um, we'd be, we'd be remiss if we don't take what's happened and turn it into an opportunity to better, uh, the community. So that's kind of what I want to focus on today. Um, so, uh, we have a guest uh, who I'm going to introduce in a minute who we're going to talk about that with. Um, and at the same time, we're also going to um, kind of mess with the format of the podcast a little bit. Um, you know, in the past, we've joked that, you know, our, podca our podcasts, we try and keep them to an hour, but they never, they never are an hour or less. They're usually an hour and a half or more. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to kind of strip things down a little bit. As you notice, we didn't have any opening music uh, for this podcast. I don't know if that's going to come back. I think we're going to try it without it for... Uh, uh, at least the, the next few episodes. And um, we're actually going to make a commitment to shorter podcasts, podcasts less uh, than an hour. But at the same time, 
we're going to try to, and if I say it out loud here, then we're really going to try. We're going to try and make the, this a weekly podcast um, where we alternate between a, an interview-focused podcast. Um, and it might be a one-on-one like I'm going to be doing today. Um, or it might be you know several of the co-hosts uh, with the interviewee. Um, but we're going to alternate between the, an interview-based podcast and a news-based podcast where we do the things, you know, like we kind of do a roundup of, of Drupal News, we do our picks of the weeks, um, or picks of the week and uh, things like that. So we're going to try that out and we're going to uh, try and find the right mix there and hopefully it'll work with everybody's schedule and uh, we'll go, we'll go uh, from there. So uh, sorry we've been gone for so long. Uh, we've gotten your, your tweets and your emails and um, you're yelling at me in person. Thank you very much for that. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so here we go. We're gonna we're gonna you know get back on the horse here and 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 start podcasting with some regularity again. So um, let me introduce to uh, my guest for today, Adam Bergstein. Adam, hey, how are you? Good, good. Thank you for having me. So you are with Civic Actions. You want to talk about who you are, how long you've been in the community, what your role is, stuff like that real quick? Sure. Uh, Yeah, I've been in the community now for about 10 years in different capacities. Uh, I do a lot of contributed work. Uh, My role at Civic Actions, I'm the Associate Director of Engineering. Uh, Really great team. We do a lot of awesome work across many different types of technology, uh, infrastructure, Drupal, you name it. Um, Yeah, that's... It's about it. Yeah, there you go. All right. So I invited Adam on today because um, I want to talk about Drupal governance. Um, and this topic, um, you know, basically has fallen out of the Larry Garfield situation in the fact that, you know, there might be some issues with our community governance. And maybe issues is too strong of a word. Um, I've used the word gaps. I think other people have used that word. Um but as you know, as any community involves, its governance should probably evolve. And our community governance hasn't changed all that much in the past few years. And you know, it seems like maybe this is a good opportunity to take a good hard look at our community governance and see if we want to evolve it a bit. Um, so I do want to kind of uh, um, start things off by mentioning um, a couple of uh, other. Um, uh, resources that if you're interested in this topic, and they're almost like, I don't want to call them prerequisites to this conversation, but if you listen to our podcast, it might be useful to go back and number one, listen to the most recent Drupalize.me podcast. Um, great job. Uh, uh, Mike uh, Herschel and, and Matt Cleave uh, did a nice yep. job with an interview with uh, Megan uh, Sanaki from the DA, as well as Whitney Hess. Um talking about Drupal governance, talking about the community discussions that have been going on both online and at DrupalCon uh, Baltimore. Um, really uh, great background info there, talking about you know uh, um, Drupal governance in general, we'll say. Um, and I believe they did a nice job of putting that governance into three buckets, so to speak. Uh, bucket number one being Dries, the BDFL. Uh, bucket number two being the Drupal Association um, and their structure. And they, uh, that podcast really nicely got into the board of directors and what the DA was responsible for and things like that. 
Um, and then the third bucket, which they didn't get too deeply in um, into, but where I think we can, that's kind of going to be the focus of today, um, is community governance. Um, and I think, and I, Adam, I'm pretty sure you agree with me, start screaming and yelling if, if you don't. I th- think there's a lot of folks in the community who don't have a really good idea of where community governance starts and stops and the Drupal Association starts and stops and the relationship between the two. Um, yeah, I I think there's definitely some clarity that would be needed there. Um, I can't speak right. for, you know, the community at large, but I think that's been something that has been present to me um, and something that other folks have, have certainly mentioned as well. Yeah, I get that. Um, I, I get a lot of questions about that, you know, um, you know, talking about governance or talking about, you know, with regard to the, to the Larry situation is folks just don't know well, who's responsible for what in, in a lot of cases. Um, so I think that's something that probably needs to be addressed. Um, I do also want to point to, and all the uh, links to all the stuff will be in, in the, in the show notes as usual. Um, Whitney Hess actually, um, posted a blog post on uh, Drupal.org, uh, it's part of the association blog, um, talking about, um, well, the title of her blog post is the process for evolving community governance. And a lot of that focused on these community, community discussions that she, um, that she structured and, and held, um, but also it, it mentioned a community governance summit, which is uh, apparently going to happen at some point in the near future. Um, don't really know too many details about that. Um, I, I don't know if anybody does at this point, but that's something that uh, the DA is hoping to organize uh, in, in the near future. Um, and then finally, you know, obviously I want to talk about uh, Adam. You just wrote a blog post and uh, full yep. disclosure. <laughs> so as all of this, you know, as the Larry situation was, was going on and, you know, a lot of people started talking about, you know, community governance. Um, I was talking to some folks, including Adam and, and as well as some folks on, from the DA and just, you know, other community members. And one of the things that, I felt I had a lack of knowledge on, and I think a lot of other people did too, is what are other communities doing? You know, how do other communities structure their community governance? You know, as a way to, you know, look at how do we stack up? Do we have like super strong governance or are there things we can be doing better as far as community governance is concerned? There's all kinds of questions, you know, as far as, um, you know, the, 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 uh, I guess if you think about like a patent, prior art, right? I was curious as to, and I think a lot of other people were curious as to, what are other communities doing um, of similar yeah. size or nature or scope? So, yeah, I think it's a it's a great question because I, I think there's a lot of good work that other communities are doing. Um, I also believe that, you know, as Drupal, we shouldn't be reinventing the wheel. <laughs> we right. should be looking to see what uh, strong concepts and things that other communities are doing that we could take advantage of that would improve our own governance. Right. Um, and that, yep. that was sort of my motivation. I'd go farther and I'd say, I, you know, if we're going to talk about evolving community governance, it would almost be irresponsible if we didn't look at prior. Absolutely. Right. So, so Adam, you and I had a talk and, um, 
and you were asking, you know, me, uh, you know, what you could do to help with community governance or, you know, with, you know, the whole Larry Garfield situation, if there's anything that, that, you know, the you know, community members can do. And I said, you know what, <laughs> I think there is something that you can do. <laughs> yeah. And, and together we kind of, uh, you know, we, we kind of agreed that this would be a, you know, something that the community, you know, is going to need. Um, and, you know, just from talking to you, I felt like it was it, it, somewhere, you know, within uh, your wheelhouse or your, your, you know, something that you would be interested in, in doing. So thank you, first of all, for, for taking this on. Sure. Um, and the result of that, or I should say the, the first result of, of that conversation is a blog post that you just published yeah. um, on nerdstein.net. Uh, I'm sorry, nerdstein.net. Uh, community governance considerations of open source projects. So let's start. Um, so tell us first about kind of what this blog post includes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know that this is kind of the first of, you know, multiple blog posts. So maybe give us the big picture first. Yeah, happy to do that. Um, so in terms of the big picture, um, really, what we what I explored was looking at both in the motivations behind community governance and also the concepts that were being used. Uh, what I really found as a foundation was that community govern governance was serving both in a social and a technology uh, perspective um, to try to be you know help the community serve the community to to achieve their goals in both fronts. Um, I outlined a set of objectives and motivations that community governance should try to strive for. Uh, Those were things that I pulled and found from uh, many of the other communities and and their documentation Um, and also some research papers that were on the topic. Uh, I also listed all of my references of things that I read through inside of the blog post if anybody wants to go through and read more. Uh, and then I highlighted a couple of the concepts. Um, I hesitate to call them structures, but they're really sort of the tools that people, uh, other communities use to try to put governance in place. Um, that includes leadership models, um, the use of a foundation, special interest groups, boards, um, and documentation. Um, another level of governance is really how what tools are available to community members uh, to participate. And I tried to do a sort of broad sweep of what I saw that covered all of those different factors. So I think for today, you know, there's definitely things as I read the blog post, um, there are definitely a few things that jumped out at me. Um, And we're going to get to those today. And I think, my list of things that jumped out to me pretty closely matches yours, Adam, because we've talked about this previously. Um, but if not, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of dive into that. Um, I think, a, 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 you know, one of the other things that I, I want to, you know, kind of say right from the beginning is this is the confusing bit of this is that, you know, we want to talk about community governance um, where it doesn't overlap with what the Drupal Association does. 
Um, you know, because the things that Megan and her team at the Drupal Association does are, you know, fantastic and necessary and really hard work. Um, but that's kind of, I look at that as, as to the side of community governance. It's like a tool that the community has. You know, the, the DA, uh, you know, they take care of, you know, the servers, they take care of money, they take care of, um, you know, organizing events. Um, but that's a very different thing than what we're talking about here. So, you know, maybe Adam, you can expand on that a little bit is when we're talking about community governance, how is that different um, than what the DA is already providing? So I view the Drupal Association in my mind as a service to the community. I think Megan views, uh, views that in very similar light. Um, when I look at services and I work, you know, at civic actions and we offer digital services to our clients, I look at that as being something that is, you know, very much service driven. And at this point in time, um, I'm not sure. I, I have concerns, I guess, that the Drupal Association's mission might be a little too broad um, and they're not very clear on what services they need to offer the community to serve them best. Um, governance may or may not be a function of that. Um, I see an opportunity uh, as part of uh, these discussions to try to get very clear on what the Drupal Association should be doing to serve the community. Um, in my mind, I, I think a lot of that revolves around um, very a lot of similarities between that of other foundations in uh, open source projects. Uh, the foundation concept really focuses on um, the infrastructure needed to support the broader needs of the community, uh, things like event management and funding and, and uh, sort of owning the financial aspects of it, but they're really not involved directly in governance. Uh, as a matter of fact, that usually falls more to um, groups or the board or the, the leader. Right, and, and this is kind of where, well, here, let me, before I go there, I, when, I remember when you were initially you know, kind of diving into all this research and reading all this stuff, we had a phone call. And one of the things that you were um, really focused on at the time, for, and for good reason, was the fact that you were looking at these other open source projects. And uh, for some of them, um, they had just an amazing amount of clarity as far as how the community governance structure looked. Yes, it, it was easy to be found on the website. It was well documented. It was yes. unambiguous, um, and I think that you know really gets to one of the key points that um, Whitney Hess has found in her community discussions. Um, yep. She hasn't issued a final report yet on those, but the raw meeting notes are available, and. Uh, I've read through a bunch of them, not all of them, Adam. I don't know if you've read through all of them, but one of the, and I think Whitney actually mentions this in the Drupalize.me podcast as well, but one of the themes that's come out of it is the need for transparency. And cl transparency. I just combined transparency <laughs> and clarity. I'm going to trademark that. Um, 
the fact there's a lot of people in the community who, who crave that clarity and transparency. Yeah, and I, I think that's one way that this governance can evolve is giving the community members, serving them through very clear um, and consistent um, communication and some very clear and consistent structures so that um, they can very easily navigate the governance of the community. Um, and that falls into everything from, you know, documentation to working groups. Um, yeah, it's almost like I was going to actually, I was, it just popped in my head. I was actually going to quiz you real quick, Adam. Okay. <laughs> like Drupal has a documentation working group. Who do they report to? Uh, according to, from the research that I've been doing, the oh, okay. drupal.org slash governance page, which is what yeah. I have been using as the baseline for our um, community governance um, documentation that we have today, mm-hmm. it, it all appears that all of the working groups in and the DA all report up to Dries. Right. So, yeah, so I was going to say, I think it's Dries, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I and and actually that might be a great point to discuss Mike because it it does seem to me that um we could stand to um split some of the leadership aspects out and distribute it a little bit right. more as a community I think that's one thing that is very present to me as I'm uh working through some of these ideas that I captured Yeah absolutely and that's you know that's one of the um, that's one of the things that's also come out of the Larry Garfield situation is the community working group reports to Dries and only Dries. Um, and even Dries has, has written in his blog posts um, that maybe that's not the best idea anymore. Maybe there needs to be some other, you know, representative community group. Should that be, you know, should, should that be related to what the DA does or should that be separate? This is, these are all questions that we're now as a community need to discuss and, you know, find consensus on. Yeah. And one thing that seems to stand out to me is really it's, it's around the point that you raised of, of evolution. I mean, as a community, we seem to have outgrown (laughs) some of the uh, structures and tools. And um, I think we're at a point where, it's worthwhile pausing and seeing what, what makes sense now. Uh, and having one person that's driving a lot of that, um, it's, that's really probably not fair to him. <laughs> right. Uh, and I think it, it does make sense to, you know, we, we've grown a lot <laughs> over the last 10 years, at least that I've been here. Uh, and I'd like to see, you know, ways that we can open up the discussion to see how we can better distribute authority through the community um, even if that's in the form of just making recommendations or better using the groups that exist. Uh, but that would, that's definitely something that seems to be very clear. Yeah. I don't know if it was in a conversation that you and I had or if it's a conversa- conversation I had with somebody else, but the, the, the gist of the conversation was something along the lines of we need to evolve our community governance in a way that fits where we are today, but also allows us to continue to evolve easily. Yes. That's, and that's one of the key points that, um, that I also am going to be blogging about. Um, we didn't mention it, but, um, my blog post 
highlights that my next step is actually starting to speculate about some of the changes that I think should be um, should should occur, should be considered uh, in the Drupal community and the, with respect to the community governance. Um, that's going to be a follow-up blog post that I write uh, based on the research that I did initially. And the I think that Drupal specifically, like as a community, we have um, a tremendous opportunity to lead by example in that front uh, by having um, maybe forming a new working group around community governance and having regular or routine retrospectives where we reach out to the community, we try to understand the needs, what's working, what's not working. That that was one thing that with the Larry Garfield situation that I think we we learned um, is that we weren't holding these discussions enough. Uh, that this was the first time that I was aware of at DrupalCon that we had someone like Whitney come in and open up that conversation. And I don't think it should stop. I don't think this should be just a function of what happened from that situation. I think this is something that we should look to do ongoing and have this be something that community members can come in and share their thoughts uh, and really do it in, a, in an evolving way and not not look at it as a one-time thing that we want to fix right now, but look at it as something that we have an opportunity to really be a prominent and vibrant community long-term uh, by collecting that feedback ongoing. Right. I look at it a couple different ways. Um, number one, the, 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 the quote that always sticks in my mind is the only thing that's constant is change, right? And we have to, we have to model our governance so that we can adapt easily moving forward. Yes. Yeah. And the needs of the community today may not be what their needs are tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. And that's where I'm going with my second point is, you know, while we might, you know, you know, after all this whole process, we might end up, you know, somewhere that where the the governance works, just like you said today, you know, it's, it's a point in time where it's going to work. And as soon as we, you know, we kind of release that version 2.0 of community governance, you know, the community is still evolving. So we need to build in the mechanism for that governance to continue to evolve easily. And it's kind yeah. of like in my head, it's kind of it's kind of crazy, but it's kind of like the switch we made from Drupal seven to Drupal eight with <laughs> semantic versioning. You know, semantic versioning is going to allow us to, you know, go from Drupal eight to Drupal nine in hopefully a much more um uh, uh or at, let's say a less stressful way than going from yep. seven to eight. Um you know, that's a good kind of analogy for how we need to or how I feel, and I'm pretty sure you agree, agree with me, we need to make sure that our community, at, at the very least, our community governance needs to evolve in a way that allows it to continue to evolve. Yeah, I, and I think, I, I totally, totally agree with that. I think the one um, potential structural thing that we should look to to explore is around um, you know, a feedback mechanism uh, for governance itself, trying to look to open up the dialogue, make it very clear how people can make recommendations, uh, have a, some form of a group that explores those recommendations in a very open and transparent way. 
and try to work through things in an iterative basis. Um, one of the problems I think that I'm seeing already, um, I was I participated in the DrupalCon discussions, um, and there are some very specific pieces of feedback that were delivered as part of the, the session that I was a part of. Um, I think for how broad these sessions have been, it would be very hard to act on specifics today uh, and where we are. Um, but I think those specifics need to be a part of the ongoing discourse and dialogue. But we need to have the right tools in place to structure that and set it up so that we can make that conversation happen much more easily and in a much more straightforward way. Right. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So let's, let's um, move on. I'm going to mention kind of three, um, let's call them community governance, uh, used the word concepts earlier. So I'll stick with concepts that you found, um, you know, it, while doing your research um, and none of these are going to, you know, be a huge surprise to anybody. Um, for me, the surprise comes in the fact in, in how that how they're used and in their, I guess, apparent effectiveness of how they're used um, by other communities. And so the three the three concepts are roles, um, and we're talking about you know different roles that individuals have within a, uh, communities and how, uh, defining those roles and how are those you know are they definable uh, um, and kind of around that whole concept. Um, special interest groups, um, which in our community, we tend to call them working groups, right? There's a community working group. There's a technical working group. There is the documentation working group. Um, I would argue that the, the core committers would be a core working group. Um, I, I don't know. Are there any others that you can... That no, but I think we have some opportunities um, in this front. Um I'll let you get to the third, uh, and we can go into detail for yeah, all three I'll, of these. I'll come right back because you were you were thinking the same thing I was there. Um, and then the third one is better documenting our community governance, and that goes right back to what Adam you said right off the top of uh, clarity and transparency. Um, I was amazed. I don't know. I don't remember which one it was that you showed me or you you directed me to. Was it Kubernetes that had like the really well-defined, it was like a part of their website and even their, even the way their website was structured, the, 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 the menu structure yeah. matched the, the actual governance structure. Was it Kubernetes or was it somebody else? Kubernetes is definitely leading by example. Uh, the Docker open source documentation is fantastic. Um, I listed out all these resources uh, within my blog so people can go and kind of take a look at the things that uh, that I saw but yeah there I mean I think suffice it to say that <laughs> uh, other open source communities right now are um, doing some really great things to keep their community members informed uh, they're very very clear very straightforward and it, it speaks um, you know to kind of the conversation we had earlier as you know where I'm I wasn't hundred percent sure number one like who the document working group reports to, nor would I know where to go to find that information. Yeah. Um, 
Well, let's, I guess we should just dive into documentation right now because I've got a lot of ideas. Um, right now, what I saw in terms of, you know, as I mentioned previously, that um, my current research today is emphasizing uh, everything that is stemming from uh, the drupal.org slash governance page, right? And using that as a baseline. One thing that's really clear is we've highlighted in a very summary way what the points are. Like we have working groups, we have this working group, we have that working group, but we don't say why. <laughs> and we don't say how they're serving the community or what the background is that has motivated those groups. Um, the other thing is we're missing a lot of groups in my mind. Like we don't have anything captured around diversity and inclusion. We have nothing that highlights about uh, contrib. And we do have the core working group. Our core is listed on that page. But if I were new to the community and I didn't understand what these concepts were, I'm not really sure that I would get the sense of what our governance was trying to do, what the purpose was, how it's serving the community. And so I think we, we have a tremendous opportunity. One recommendation I'll be making in my follow-up blog post is the creation of, of a brand new community site, like community.drupal.org. Such a site would emphasize and sort of decouple um, any technical documentation and how-to guides that are technical in nature from a highly rich, you know, rich content experience with a fresh information architecture that is really geared around community governance. Yeah, and uh, thank you for, for reminding me of this page, this governance page. Um, real quick, just for the heck of it, let me just mention some of the other groups listed on this page. The, the, the big one that I just blanked on, and I apologize, is one, one we all need to be very thankful for is the security working group. Yep. Obviously. Absolutely. Uh, but that yeah. gets to the concept of the special interest groups, Mike, that you had yeah. brought up as one of the points you wanted to discuss. Yeah, let's, let's go back there. Um, one of the interesting things that, that is happening here is other, other communities are actually doing a much better job of standardizing and making the group structures consistent um, in their operations. So um, just as an example, um, you know, Kubernetes seems to be really, really driving this concept forward in a great way. They have a process for creating a group. Every group needs to have a mission and a purpose. Um, there's ways uh, it's communicated how the group works within the community, how other community members can engage the group. Everything is recorded, the meetings, the notes, they're all shared openly, transparently. Uh, right now, I, I'm definitely sensing from just reading through the documentation, my own understanding of these different groups, there's not really any consistency uh, between any of the operations, how how the working groups are communicated in documentation through the community, how people can really get involved. It's all over the map. Um, and I've, I've also found that it's incomplete. So if you look at the, um, the governance landing page, you know, we don't have anything about the diversity and inclusion group, which right now might not even be a group. No, oh, yeah, that's an ad hoc. That, that's ad hoc. So yes, and and I think we need to like yeah, and I I actually believe that needs to be something that we we um, 
get out of. That might be <laughs> one of the reasons why some of the governance activities right now um, could, you know, aren't, aren't quite serving the community in that. And, and in that, that gets into like even the, the much bigger picture, which I don't even, I mean, I don't even know where to begin with it and nor do I want to begin with it. But, you know, we have groups.drupal.org. One could argue that any of those groups are special interest groups. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. So that's a whole, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to take that bag of snakes and we're going to put it in a box and lock that up and put it away for a little while. Cause that's a whole other. And it does get to um, some of the clarity in the documentation, Mike, like, you know, one of the things that other communities seem to be doing really well at is defining the tools, how those tools are used um, and making sure that each tool has a purpose. I mean, I think we almost owe the, the Drupal association, um, you know, uh, a favor <laughs> by trying to see what tools are serving the community today, which ones might not be serving the community so today. So when you say tools, what exactly, give, give me an example. Sure. Um, a lot of the um, other, you know, communities that I was researching, um, they have very much, you know, a lot of clarity around um, the technical tools that they use, the tools that they use for holding open meetings, the tools that they use for capturing their own documentation or meeting notes or agendas, um, things like wikis, email lists and distribution lists, um, issue queues, and also direct messaging seems to be one of the more prominent ones now using Slack or IRC as some examples of that. So um, those tools are very, very clearly defined for their purposes, how they serve the community, um, and usually are backed by a foundation uh, where the foundation is the sponsor or the, the you know, kind of curator, community uh, service provider for those tools. And um, that consistency is really, really important to communicate, especially to new contributors. It lowers the learning curve of how to participate. It's all documented, right? So a lot of these uh, communities like you know Kubernetes and Docker are doing a really fantastic job <laughs> of you know uh, sort of harnessing that clarity uh, to make sure that they're you know really welcoming new individuals and that they're serving the community members in that capacity. All right, very good. Let's let's move uh, back to roles and kind of dive into roles here. This may be one of the more complex parts, Mike. <laughs> but this is also the one where, you know, if, you know, if the Larry Garfield situation um, was the catalyst for this discussion, this, you know, better defining roles might be like kind of like the most direct descendant of that situation, so to speak. Yes. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. Um, I mean, at this point, it's very clear to me that, that Dries definitely has um, a significant amount of responsibility within the community. It, it almost appears that every single working group and the DA and, you know, pretty much everything rolls up. Um, in terms of roles, though, um, I've seen, and, and this may be a function of scale, Mike, so what I saw from other communities is they did a much, much better job of defining the different types of participation that can happen. 
Right. I, I don't within, think we, we don't, as a community, we don't define that at all. Um, we define that what it, what it seems to, the only instance that I've seen of that right now is the different roles that exist within the core working group that we have, um, you know, some definition around like what a release manager is and what a, you know, um, a, a core maintainer is. And those things, I think, are really the only example. But we don't have any sort of roles that exist within, um, you know, each of the groups talking about the different, you know, if there's a facilitator, if there's participants, um, you know, uh, and, you know, the only the only other role really that exists is Dries, which is the uh, the benevolent dictator. Well, right? I would I would throw out there... Um, talking about the greater community, and it's yep. strictly like almost a technical issue, where right. you know, we ha- we have community members, um, but people new to the community who just create their Drupal.org account mm-hmm. can either be confirmed or not confirmed, and that's a very kind of low level, simplistic type of situation. But when I think about roles, you you brought up a great point of roles within groups. Um, yeah. You know, very important. I actually am also interested in just roles in the greater community. Um, yep. And yeah, think- we don't have any of that defined right now. Um, and I, I think that hurts us, actually. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's going to be incredibly difficult, though, I would imagine. Yes, agreed. And I mean, I think one, there were some examples of that in other communities that I saw where, um, there were people that you know were deemed like vetted contributors, as as an example, right. that have been, right. you know, achieved you know x number of issues closed or y number of um, commits rolled into the project. You know, they're basically that there are ways that you know there's a vetting process to say that an individual you know is capable of uh, participating. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of that has, you know, we've seen some of that in core right now. I don't think we have that defined for contrib or even like you said, in, in a sort of um, broad community yeah, sponsor. I would like way. to see that done yeah. in a much more generic way. Where yeah. It's not I, tied to code where it's. I totally you know, agree. Yeah. Yep. Like a, and I don't know what, if we'd come up with clever names for it or if we would just, you know, keep it simpler. But, you know, there are folks who have been in the community for, you know, two years or eight years and you know they're both you know and i don't think obviously not think of anybody in particular i'm just thinking in general you know but you could you could be a relatively new person in the community and organize meetups or a drupal yeah, camp or you could absolutely. be someone old and crusty like you and i who do <laughs> similar things yeah um, Absolutely. And it, a key, the key point with the roles is they're social and they're technical, right? So yes, we exactly. should try to understand. Um, one of the observations that's very present to me right now as well is that I think the board is not a clear structure in our community right now. Um, one thing that I saw in other communities is the board was completely decoupled from a foundation or from um, you know, a, an existing group. Well, let me clarify. You're talking about the, the DA board. Yes, and I, okay. um, I do, I do see some. Um, see, I see some that, potential. I see that <laughs> as a completely separate thing. Yeah, and that's exactly kind of what I was suggesting. Um, okay. Where a, a separation, um, 
of the board would actually help the the board to serve all of the different groups, not just the DA, um, in a broad and almost advisory sense. Um, right. And and I think that also could be a great structure to alleviate the burden on Dries, is that everything right. could roll up to the board. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, I, w- I want to clarify here because the word board is, is for my taste, a little bit too generic. <laughs> right. But, Right, so there's the DA board, and there are two. If you listen to the DrupalEyes.me podcast, they do a great job of explaining this. There are two community members on that board, right? And I think that structure works for the DA, right? So the DA needs community members on the board, so they have a say in the things that the DA is doing. So the community has a voice in the DA. What I believe you're talking about is I don't, you know, I don't think I even want to label it yet. So I'm going to use air quotes, you know, a community governance board that rather than, and just as an example, um, rather than all of the, the working groups reporting directly to Dries, there's a board in the middle there. Yeah. Maybe Dries is part of the board. Maybe Dries is above the board. Maybe Dries is a dotted line to the side. I have no idea. You know, it doesn't matter right now. Um, but well, if we bring, yeah, if we bring these ideas together, um, I think they, they kind of fit more cohesively, right? So if the, and my recommendation very early on when we were chatting, Mike, is that, um, the Drupal association should focus on being like an enabler and a service provider that with its tools, events, et cetera, financial management, a board would be a level above that. Like you're describing a community governance board that could serve the DA, could serve all the working groups, and they could charter new groups as needed and basically be purely advisory. Um, and I think they still really, because uh, serving as an advisory function, they could absolutely um, help to advise different things that come up within the groups, help to empower them, but they could distribute decision-making back into the community but to help give it focus. Right. And I want to be real clear here because we've kind of veered into kind of our last topic of discussion is yes. the future, right? And, yep. um, you know, what we're talking about now is it's something that we've talked about, you know, quite a bit, you know, both between the two of us as well as other people. Um, and it's not even, it reminds me of the, uh, the, the line from the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie where, you know, they say, I have like 12% of an idea. Like, that's not even, it's a con, it's not even, a, it's barely a concept, you know? So these are just kind of potential, you know, uh, structures that might, you know, enable or solve some of the things that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, I mean, I think we're at the very beginning of the conversation that the community needs to have. Yes. Um, and what we're talking about here is just an example or just an idea and Precisely. hopefully one of many ideas. Um, okay. So I just, I want to make that perfectly clear that that's, that's kind of what we're talking about. So we're going to, we're, we're now going to move into like more opinion here. Um, cause what I actually have written down in the notes is, you know, what we're talking about is really more structure, right? And, you know, bigger government. You know, I'm using air quotes around that as well. And the first question I would ask, um, or, well, the first question that everybody should ask, you know, ask themselves and talk about other people is, 
is this what we want? Does the community need, you know, bigger community governance or more community governance? Um, we have some data points, you know, that can help influence that or not influence the discussion, but uh, be part of that discussion. Number one, Dries has pretty much asked for it. Um, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. He's literally said, you know, maybe I shouldn't be, you know, for the community working groups, you know, as an example, maybe I shouldn't be the, you know, the person that the CWG escalates to. Maybe there should be a group of people or something like that. Um, uh, so that's, you know, number one. Number two, the community, you know, has, we, we've gotten a lot of feedback. We've seen, we've all seen a lot of feedback. Anyone who's followed the Larry Garfield situation has seen a you know, has seen the feedback about, you know, is Dries, you know, is it wise to have one person, that person being Dries as their BDFL, making these decisions? Why isn't this decision going out to more community members? So there's already data points out there for um, people expressing the need or the desire to have more structure, bigger government. Um I anticipate, and I don't recall any specifics from the notes I read from uh, Whitney's uh, community discussions, but it would not surprise me to see kind of that same theme in her in her report on those discussions. Yep. Uh, um, Adam, uh, you know, any thoughts about uh, on this topic? Yeah, um, just a couple. I mean, I I think the key point is not um, being stagnant. I think the key point here is really having an evolving structure that we can iterate on and, and almost treat it like an entrepreneurial way. Um, civic actions, we, you know, we're pretty heavy into the agile, uh, methodologies and we advocate for that. in all of the work that we do is basically trying to learn, um, from things that we do, <laughs> um, and, and, basically evolve things over time, basically around user needs. And in the users in this example are community members. We need to primarily keep that as the focus um, around ensuring that community members feel like they're being adequately served, making sure that we iterate on any changes that we make um, and that we have, you know, a really, really strong feedback loop that gives community members um, a way to deliver way, uh, things that, that are potentials for improvement um, and not be stagnant. So, you know, if we evolve this, any, any sort of structure or any ideas that come out of these discussions um, are malleable over time. Because if they don't serve the community, they're not going to be effective. So uh, I think that's, if we have that motivation I think any sort of changes that are made, whether it's more structure or ways that we can try to make the documentation more clear or be more transparent, the operations or more consistent, any of that, um, the proof is really in, in how well people feel like they're being served. If the one thing I will say um, is just trying to um, understand how, you know, I think the challenge might be understanding how we track that, <laughs> whether that's through like satisfaction surveys um, or, you know, maybe maybe doing user testing, you know, of community members trying to put 
you know, new ideas in um, like prototypes or even wireframes and try to see if they, if they're meeting people's needs. Um, you know, but we are, we as a community, you know, are largely volunteer um, and the Drupal Association also has limited resources. Um, I think we need to be strategic. <laughs> I think we need to prioritize um, the, the changes that, that we want to see and try to identify what, what could have the largest uh, amount of impact for serving the community. Um, and whether that is, you know, through structural changes or documentation, any of that, I, I think um, should be on the table. And I think it is on the table. Whitney was very clear on the podcast that nothing, you know, nothing is off the table. I mean, we, we should be entrepreneurial. Um, uh, a lot of people sometimes think things are impossible with, you know, such a scale of the community we have. I, I don't like to think that way. So um, if everything's on the table, then let's, let's be bold. <laughs> I think that's a great place to wrap this up. A great sentiment as well. Um, so real quick, Adam, I know you are going to be at, uh, you're actually keynoting uh, Drupal Camp Asheville coming up. Yep. Yeah. Very excited about that. Um, that's in a couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, it's on, uh, I'll be keynoting on July 15th. Oh, July. Okay. For some reason, I thought the end of June, but no, July 15th. Okay, very good. And where can people find on Twitter? You are? Uh, Nerdstein with an, uh, a three and three, R-D-S-T-E-I-N, um, Drupal.org. Like yeah. 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 And the Twitter, the Twitter handle was already taken, the Nerdstein Twitter handle. I, man, I'm, <laughs> I'm so disappointed. All right. Very good. Um, okay. So real quick, five questions. Got to have a little bit of fun here. Name something interesting you do outside of Drupal. Uh, I play with my kids. <laughs> I'm very, very dedicated to my family. I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old and um, just, you know, really, really enjoy my time with them. Um, and yeah. So what uh, are they playing like uh, games or video games or anything? Like what's the, what's the favorite? What's the family? No, we, no. we like to play outside. We have little soccer nets and a little basketball hoop and the four-year-old has a bike. So we, you know, rip around the driveway and the yard and. Are you dunking on them? Is that. that uh, yeah, there is an occasional <laughs> dunk. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. What, what's the last piece of software you installed, whether it's on your phone, your TV, your computer or anywhere? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think I just updated the Docker uh, to the latest release on All my right. Mac, uh, which they've been doing a lot of great improvements around the file system and everything. Um, so that's been awesome. I've been trying to pull that stuff down on a very regular basis. What's a goal you have that you have not yet accomplished and you find terrifying? Wow. Um, I I tend to be pretty diverse. I like problems that are in the business space. I like problems that are technical. Um, yeah, I mean, I think for me, um, what's very present, I was working on this last night. I'm trying very hard to get into core development um, more deliberately. I've been trying to stabilize the place block module, but my ultimate goal that is extremely terrifying is trying to get Drupal core to be an incredible user experience around um, content management with blocks and layouts and the outside in, uh, also system tray, all of that stuff, like really trying to bring all of that 
together in a super cohesive and very, very user-friendly way. Um, and having, you know, basically having it that, you know, all you need is core. You, you know, you might not need other tools yeah, to do that. That's a, okay, but that it's, is- that's a, a very goal. ambitious goal. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I, I recognize it, but that's something that I would love to see happen. What's the last exotic animal that you hand fed? Well, Mike, this might be present to you. Um, I think I was down in Florida for the Florida camp and I was holding this alligator. <laughs> I um, don't think I quite fed it, but I felt like it was going to feed on me. Um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll, uh, I'll answer it that way. All right. That's fair enough. And um, what was your tipping point Drupal moment? As far as, you know, at what moment did you kind of make the decision that you're going to focus on Drupal for your professional life? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I think I started seeing, uh, I was at Penn State and we were using uh, Drupal as, you know, a, sort of a platform that was gaining momentum for doing a lot of sites uh, at Penn State. And I started working with some service providers and was just blown away by uh, the brilliance, like the innovation, the, the you know, cool technology that, um, that the community had right at their fingertips. Um, and, you know, I also saw it as a tremendous, like, opportunity to help my career become what I wanted it to be. Uh, and so that was really when, you know, just seeing the work that they did and, you know, even some of the DevOps tooling around it and the infrastructure. I mean, it was really broad, but very, very cool. Um, it, it opened the door not only for my Drupal involvement, but also like, you know, continuous integration tools and things that just really spoke to me, um, you know, that I was struggling with for parts of my career uh, right. up to that point. So, yeah. Very good. Let me mention our sponsors real quick. Uh, first of all, mydropwizard.com. If you are looking for long-term support for any version of Drupal, from Drupal 6, 7, or 8, um, you should definitely check out mydropwizard.com. They integrate with many uh, Drupal um, uh, web hosts where they will actually handle the updating of core and module updates, um, they can even do some uh, manual and automated tests for you as part of that process so that you do not have to worry about keeping your Drupal site safe and secure. So check them out at mydropwizard.com. As always, uh, we also want to thank the folks at um, webenabled and devpanel.com for their support of the Drupal Easy podcast. And I think that's just about it. And we are coming in at under an hour. So I am very pleased about that. Um, you know where to find us online, DrupalEasy.com and at DrupalEasy on Twitter. Adam, thank you very much for your time. Um, look forward to your next blog post and this continuing conversation. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. And we'll see everybody on the next Drupal Easy podcast. See ya!